Hello and welcome to Law Talk. My name is Mitchell Panter. I'm an attorney with the law firm of Panter, Panter and San Pedro. About 10, 15 years ago, we decided that we wanted to be able to help people in our legal community. Panter, Panter and San Pedro is a law firm dedicated to protecting Florida's families. And one of the things that we like to do is be the go-to firm. So if you have a need above and beyond personal injury, we wanted to be able to help you. We told our people and our friends, you never wanna say, I don't do that, or it's something that we don't do. You wanna be able to say, I know somebody that can do it and refer them out and get them some help. So as a result of that, we formed what's called the Panther, Panther and San Pedro Network. What we did was we sent out a card to all the lawyers, 8,000 lawyers in Miami-Dade County, and we tried to get the best of the best, lawyers that do everything, lawyers that do criminal, lawyers that do civil, lawyers that do federal, lawyers that do patent, immigration, real estate, probate, whatever the need was, whatever the legal field was, we wanted to make sure that we had somebody that was able to do that. So we interviewed them, we tested them, we qualified them, we made sure that they were good, qualified, competent lawyers. And we're very fortunate to have been able to formulate the Panther, Panther and San Pedro Network. Currently, we have more than 150 members within Dade County and about 20, 30 members in Broward County. Whatever your legal needs are, we can help you. We will send you to those lawyers that will provide you with the quality service that you need to be able to assist you. Probably about 30 years ago, Brett and I did a TV show called Law Talk. And on this TV show, what we did was we brought in different people from different specialties, obviously in the area of law, and we talked about it. We tried to help them, we tried to educate them. So that's what we're here to do today. In the next 30 minutes, we're gonna talk with a very special guest who's gonna educate you and teach you all about patent, trademark, copyright. I personally don't know a whole lot about it, but our guest knows a lot about it, and we're gonna meet him right now. Al, introduce yourself. Who are you and what do you do? Good morning, Mitch. Um, thank you for this opportunity. My name is Albert Bordas. I'm a patent, trademark, and copyright attorney. What does that mean? What do you do? What's your day-to-day -day task? Well, day-to-day, -day, I, I help business owners and um, inventors, people that are looking to protect intellectual property. So um, some people would come up with an invention. They're not sure how to protect it, whether it's something patentable. Um, or they're going to start importing a new product and maybe a clothing item or it may be a carbonated beverage, something new to the market, and they have a brand for it. So this brand um, being a trademark, um, they're not sure how do they secure the trademark, how do they register for it, what happens if someone has a similar mark or something identical. Or sometimes I work with um, architects or music makers, people that are writing books and novels and making movies and they want to protect their their intellectual property via copyright get a lot of words in there we're going to break them all down and learn but first let's learn a little bit about you who are you where'd you come from what's your educational background i know you've got a really good solid background before you went to law school tell us yeah. a little bit about yourself please thank you yes originally from new jersey but i've been living in miami for most of my life already um, I started off in aviation. I, um, I worked at the Miami International Airport fixing airplanes. I got my FAA licenses and then um, went through a couple of airlines and then eventually um, back in the days of Eastern Airlines and Pan Am. And then after that, I decided to go to FIU. I studied engineering. I did a bachelor's degree in engineering and started um, working as an engineer. And that was really um, the second profession I had. And, and that went really well. I was given the opportunity to attend um, grad school. I went to the University of Miami, ended up doing an MBA and a master's in engineering. And then finally that led me into law. I learned about intellectual property, about patent law, about the fact that there was a patent bar examination. 
And fortunately, I just happened to have studied engineering. So that gave me the opportunity to consider patent law and um, ended up going to Nova Law School. And yeah, I've been practicing now for 21 years. The, the engineering background, I've spoken to several other lawyers that have done patent trademark. It seems to be that's a really good specialty, makes you a little bit more knowledgeable, help you learn a little bit more. How did that background help you do what you do today? Sure. Uh, in fact, um, in order to sit for the patent bar examination, you have to have a science or engineering undergraduate degree or the equivalent number of credits. And that's required, of course, because you have to have a an understanding of certain scientific principles and, and engineering um, in general so that if someone brings you an invention and it has to do with um, electronics or pneumatic systems or mechanical systems, you may not be an expert in it, but at least you have a, a general understanding of uh, scientific and mathematical principles that are required to understand the invention, to then prepare a patent application to protect that invention. Was law the ultimate goal or was that something that you just went into after you, you, know, you used up everything else? <laughs> <laughs> it really was a blessing. I, it, it's, for me, it's the greatest thing. I love what I do. I get to apply the law and I still get to work with inventors and work on inventions, you know, and prototypes that come into the office. So I have a toolbox at the office and it's really cool because I still get to play with um, those type of uh, machines and equipment, you know? Are there, are there organizations or groups that you belong to that help you and help your clients ultimately? Yeah, yeah. There is some um, inventors clubs and associations um, locally and, and nationally as well. Also, the United States Patent and Trademark Office, they have a, a very nice website. There's a lot of information concerning, um, you know, inventor groups and things of that nature to help, um, especially the individual inventor, um, which makes up a big part of my practice as well. And, and are you, is it a federal, is it a civil, is it state? What courts and what systems are you involved in that you can do what you do? Right. So patent law and copyright law is exclusively federal. So any patent infringement issue or copyright infringement issue that you may have, the access to the courts is only via the federal system. Trademarks is different. You could have a state trademark and you could litigate a case at the state um, courthouse. And you could also have a federal trademark as well. And so it just depends on whether you're affecting interstate commerce or not, whether you have um, a restaurant where people come in from out of town and from all over across state lines, or if you're importing products from foreign countries, then you would apply for a federal trademark. If you're really um, maybe a mom and pop shop and you're not really offering goods or services outside the state of Florida, then you would qualify for a state trademark. Why would I come see you instead of going onto the web and trying to do it myself? Well, um, I've been um, doing intellectual property exclusively now for 21 years. Um, it, this is the only area of law that I do. And we've been really um, fortunate to help a lot of our clients that just don't have an understanding of, of how to protect what they've created. Um, in some cases, it could be a very big deal. You know, um, you can file a trademark application on your own or a patent application on your own, although there are a lot of intricacies and things that, um, that if you're not involved with it on a day-to-day, -day, you could get easily tripped up and maybe lose out, out on a pretty awesome opportunity. So 
Um, for that reason, I, I would advise to seek, you know, the advice of a lawyer um, whenever possible, especially when dealing with intellectual property. So that, that gets us to our next question that I've got for you. Many years ago, we formed the Panther, Panther and San Pedro Network. Yeah. And the reason was we do personal injury. We do medical malpractice products premises, and we focus on that area. That's the mm -hmm. type of law that we do. But we wanted to be able to help our clients because we do a lot of advertising on TV, on radio. People call us all the time and have different areas of concern. Uh, and we wanted to pick out the cream of the cream and we came to you. How was it that you got involved in the Panther, Panther and San Pedro Network? Well, um, although I've been living in South Florida for many, many years, um, I had recently bought an office um, in the South Miami area. So I was newer in, in the South Miami area, and I wanted to establish a network and meet other attorneys. And, and sure enough, I received an invitation to join your group. I, I received a, a postcard. I reviewed it. It seemed like a great idea. Um, we scheduled a lunch, and I met with yourself and um and and david and brad and we had a great lunch and i i figured this was a wonderful opportunity you guys are um awesome guys and i thought this is fantastic i had just moved into the area and um it's been 10 years really already since i've been a member of the group and I have nothing but great things to say about it i've met a lot of fantastic attorneys i'm actually working presently with a new uh an attorney that i met through the through the group. So there are business opportunities as well as um, opportunities for social engagement and friendships and, and learning about, you know, if you're in a pinch, you could always rely on the Panther, Panther, San Pedro group to find someone that's specialized. And that's the great thing about it. And that's one of the things that we're here for today is to try to educate people and help them. And part of our group is is to try to get people out there to to know about different areas of uh, mm -hmm. of the law. The law is really complicated and there's a lot of different things, much like uh, if you have a medical need, you might want to go see a specialist. So likewise, for these kind of areas of concern, we'll break them down in a moment. Um, we wanted to get the specialist and you are the specialist. So what, you. what's your area of expertise? And let, we'll break it down into I think I you got patent, trademark and copyright. Right, 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 and that really um, our office is dedicated exclusively to those three areas of intellectual property. So, um, I myself have authored um, well over 500 patents that have been awarded at the U.S. Patent Office. Having an aviation background, um, I, I didn't know it, but back then I was a patent attorney in training because I got to work on all types of mechanical, electrical systems, avionics, and so. An airplane has so many parts and components that, um, you know, it's helped me a great deal today. So um, if, if someone comes to the office, they may have a software app or they have a new type of machine to process food or uh, a new tool. And um, I have, you know, some experience with a lot of, of those types of items and and I could give them information and provide them the advice as to how to protect it, how to do the drawings, because we have to do patent drawings that are specific with specific guidelines that the USPTO requires. And then having 21 years experience, we prepare that patent application and file it. So as far as expertise, quite honestly, um, the, the types of inventions that we primarily work on are mechanical inventions, so these would be tools or machines. Um, we do get business models and methods on occasion that may be patentable under certain circumstances. So 
a lot of people think that inventions have to be very complex and sometimes they're not. Design patents, as an example, um, protect the ornamental exterior look of something. So if you have a new style for a shoe, a new style for a chair, it could be everyday items that you see on a daily basis. Eating utensils, interestingly enough, you could get a design patent. The fork. Yes, the spork, <laughs> right. So things like that, if you have a new design for a fork or a knife or anything like that, ashtrays, you know, just lamps, anything that you come across on a daily basis, if you have a unique design for it, it may very well be that it could be patentable as a, as a design patent. Utility patents um, cover the functionality of something. So if you have a machine, or if you have a chemical composition, such as a pharmaceutical drug or something along those lines, um, that's something that we could protect as well through a utility patent. All right, let me go back and let's do a few definitions. You mentioned the words intellectual property. What does that mean? Right, intellectual property is generally the, the umbrella term of which there is, um, you know, like music, there's artwork, there's patents, there's trademarks, you know. Um, copyright. Um, so all of that really falls under intellectual property as an umbrella term. So uh, again, we are just dedicated exclusively to working with um, patent, trademark, and copyright. All right. So let's define each of those. What does patent mean? So a patent is a, a grant awarded by um, the U.S. government um, for an invention. So there has to be an invention. It has to be something novel, something not obvious, and it has to have some sort of functionality for a utility patent. So you prepare a patent application, submit it to the U.S. Patent Office, and it'll be examined. If the examiners determine it to be unique and, in fact, patentable, a patent will be awarded. So you get a patent that's valid for 20 years. So for 20 years, you have the ability to prevent others from manufacturing, advertising, or importing that invention and you're you're able to of course do so yourself so you're able to exploit that invention for 20 years from the date of filing of the patent application now once those 20 years are done you cannot renew it it falls into the public domain so eventually competitors are able to manufacture or import the same invention that was patented at one point in time so the utility patent is valid for 20 years a design patent is valid for 15 years. So you come with an invention, maybe it's a, a design for a frame of a mirror. You have your patent for 15 years and then it expires and it goes to the public domain. Wow. So you once you've used up your 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it might be, you're out of luck? Yeah, basically, um, as far as protecting the invention, that is correct. The invention falls into the public domain and anybody could copy it, import it, or manufacture it as they wish. All right. Number two, trademark. What's a trademark mean? Trademark. A trademark is um, a combination of letters or words or a logo design that represents the origin of a product or a service. So I'll say Burger King, Louis Vuitton, Cadillac, Coca-Cola, the Nike swoosh. So you you hear the brand or you see the logo design and you associate it with a company that manufactures goods or or offers services so 
Um, trade is, is it words? Is it symbols? You see the Target circle. You see right. Burger King, King, McDonald's. It's is it kind of be either or? It could be and or. Yeah. So it could be a single word like Nike. It could be um, all state as an insurance company. It could be a logo design. It could be a slogan. Right. So anything like that that represents um, the origin of goods or services is a trademark. So a trademark could be um, the first thing really you should be done, especially when you come up with a brand new brand, is to do a trademark availability search. You want to ensure that before you launch that business, before you launch a product or a service into commerce, that the name is unique. Because the last thing you want to do is to have to rebrand. So rebrand is very expensive. And, and then your customer base may get confused as to why you're changing the name of your business or the name of your company or the name of your restaurant. So for that reason, doing a, a trademark search is important to ensure that you have a unique brand. That's something you do. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. we could do um, a trademark search. I could do an informal one and then a formal availability search as well, which is um, very comprehensive. It comes with a legal opinion. And I tell the business owner or the decision maker, yes, you're good to go launch that product or, you know, go ahead and, and open up the restaurant, get going with it. Um, is it registered? Is there some, so you're worried yeah. about somebody else using that. Now all of a sudden you got it. You're the one, what do you do to right. make sure that nobody else can take it from you? Exactly. So what we do, once we determine that the brand is available, then we apply either for state or federal trademark registration. So honestly, about 95% of, of all the trademark applications I do are, are filed in the federal trademark office. And the reason for that is as long as you affect interstate commerce in one way or another, you qualify for federal registration. The easiest way to do that is to have a website. If you have a website and you have a shopping cart or you have on um, people that are seeking information and whatnot through your website, that's an easy way to trigger interstate commerce. And for that, you do qualify for federal trademark registration. So you want that. You want the, the federal because that way you can do business. Absolutely. The yeah, it's much more um, bang for your buck. For the cost of filing um, federally, it's so much worth it because you cover the entire U.S. and the U.S. territories and Puerto Rico, as an example. So you secure your trademark application, you file it, and then in about five months, we get a response. If it's favorable, then it'll be um, approved by the examiner. Then there's a publication period. It opens up an opportunity for anyone to oppose it. So even though the examiner may approve it, if someone that's in uh, a competitor feels threatened by your trademark application, they could oppose it. And there's an administrative hearing at the Trademark Trial and Appeal Board. Obviously, you don't want that. So assuming no one um, opposes, then you get the registration and it's valid for 10 years and you can renew trademarks forever okay as long as you're using them in commerce so you think of course the big trademarks that everybody knows like coca-cola it's been around forever and they renew that trademark every 10 years and and they keep that to ensure that no one else could use that brand for any type of carbonated beverage
international. I want to sell in, in Europe and Spain and, and, and some other country. Is that something you guys do as well? Or how does that take place? Absolutely. We do that. Um, we have many clientele from all over the world, thankfully. And um, so there is no worldwide patent and there is no worldwide trademark registration. That does not exist. Patent and trademark registrations are by country, by geographic area. In some cases, there are certain territories. As an example, Europe, you could secure a patent throughout Europe or a trademark registration throughout Europe. But uh, more often than not, you go country by country. So if you have a, a brand um, for a product, let's suppose that um, you have a, a beverage company, whether it's beer or you have um, juices and you're going to sell them outside the U.S. and Canada, as an example, we would then file through um, associates in, in each country, and we file to register those brands in, um, in, in the case of Canada, Australia, throughout Europe, it could be China or anywhere else. Okay. All right, last one, copyright. What's copyright mean? Copyright, so if you have an original work of authorship, um, as an example, you, you paint um, a drawing, or you write a book, or you write poems, or you make a movie, or you write lyrics, or you do architectural plans, or you do um, software, you write computer code. All of that um, intellectual property is protected through copyright registration. So if you do cartoon characters, or you write a novel or a book, anything like that, you bring it over to, the, to me, and then we submit it with a copyright um, application to the Library of Congress. So, um, we do provide a, a specimen, which is basically we deposit a copy of the work of art and we submit it to the Library of Congress. And then um, the registration typically takes about four to five months to receive it. And copyright registration is especially important if you take photographs as an example. Um, because since things are put online and people could, you know, copy or drag and drop and, and take a lot of those images, it's important to file for copyright registration before you publish your work of art or within the first three months. And the reason for that is that you get statutory damages in the case that you are claiming infringement. So if you're a photographer and you're taking a lot of pictures, you want to make sure you register um, under copyright registration, because that gives you the ability to negotiate with people if they're infringing your work, meaning that they take your images without your consent and they basically use them, um, you know, without your authorization. So having copyright registration is very important um, for anyone that, that's creating new work of art, whether you write um, software or you're taking pictures or making music, anything like that. So it's really the, the ability to access the court comes through a copyright registration. Without it, in fact, you can't even file a lawsuit. So it's important to have it just in case you need it in the future. Sounds important as well. So I watch Shark Tank. I love yeah. Shark Tank. You got mom and pops. You got yeah. normal people that are coming up with inventions. How do you work with people? And you always hear the sharks always asking, "Is do you have a patent? Do you have a trademark? What's sure. that all about? Well, yeah. And in fact, I've had two um, clients of ours that that have been on Shark Tank, interestingly enough. So, so wonderful experience. And um, having that intellectual property is the first thing. It's the most important thing, really, because before 
without it, anybody could copy the invention or exploit it. So it's very important that if you think you have an invention or you think you have a new brand that you want to protect, that you protect it first, you apply for protection, and then you're able to disclose it or share it with investors and or otherwise manufacture it and advertise it and sell it. So um, unfortunately, if you don't protect it, you know, there are some people out there that may take advantage of that situation and rightfully so. So it's really, it's your, you know, you have that obligation or that duty to protect something that's worth protecting. Um, otherwise you may face the, the reality that people will take advantage. You'll see it, they'll copy it. And before you know it, it'll be out in the market and you'll be competing against them. Seems to be a big question that the sharks are always asking when they come up with the, the, the juice or the baby bottle or whatever it is, yeah. do you have it patented or trademarked? And, and why, again, why is that so important? Because you know, I come up with an idea, it's my idea, it's cherry flavored cola for babies. Um, right. and it's something I wanna do, but, but somebody else can do the same exact thing. That's exactly the reason. So as an investor, so if you're going on Shark Tank and you're gonna invest in this, um, this new business concept or idea, it doesn't make sense to protect or invest money into something that potentially um, cannot be protected, meaning the invention would not be protected because it opens up for competitors to replicate the invention and start doing the very same thing. So um, what makes it valuable, in fact, is the intellectual property, whether you have a patent that's been awarded. If you have a trademark, I think of what's the value of Coca-Cola as a brand, you know, um, there's a famous, you know, we talk about in, in IP, well, what's Coca-Cola? It's water and sugar. There's not really a lot to it, but, um, but the brand is worth billions. So that's really, it says a lot about protecting um, what you've created. So I know branding is important at Panther, Panther and San Pedro. We constantly branding ourselves. We're, we're using our name. We're, we're trying to develop a reputation in the community. Um, and the reputation is huge. It's important. So let's go for one second. If, if you can, give me one or two cases that you've got, inventors that you've got, things that you do and, and how it went from walking in the door, talking to you to current market price. Well, I'll give you one uh, one example. One of our very first clients that I've had for many years, he was a firefighter and he came up with um, with um, locking systems and holsters and, and safety items for handguns, as an example. And so um, he opened up a shop in the Tamiami area, developing trigger connectors and holsters. And it went so well for him that he ended up um, leaving his profession as a firefighter because he was doing so well um, with these inventions. And we've been able to establish a portfolio of different trademarks and different patents that have been awarded to him for trigger connectors and, and harnesses and, um, you know, holsters for firearms and locking systems, um, safety being the key. And with that, he's um, established a small empire. It really is so interesting to work with an inventor and, and, and see them go from just a, an initial idea to running a, a, a medium-sized business that does very, very well. And we're so proud of him, you know. So I, I love to work, you know, with, with these type of clients that they have initial an, an idea. And it doesn't always you know, become the latest and greatest, but it's great to see that a lot of people with ambition and ideas, they're given the opportunity and they're given the ability to 
to protect that intellectual property. So, so with your engineering background, it comes to you with an idea, are you able to help him and, and, and develop the product or you're more just the legal well, side of it? I, I stick to, I, I stick to being the lawyer and I never want to become a co-inventor. You know, I, it's interesting that, you know, sometimes I'll work with an inventor and, and I don't want to put myself in the situation that I become a co-inventor. So I rely on the, on the client to bring me the invention um, in its preferred embodiment, in its best mode. And I stick to protecting what he or she invents, you know, and that's been um, very successful um, for our law firm for the last 21 years. Where do you see the future going with regards to all this stuff? You got the World Wide Web, you've got globalization of the world, you've wow. got everything. Where's it going? Well, NFTs really are, are new um, technologies coming into play. Uh, What's you know, that? When um, when you have um, digital imaging of certain things, um, that's really become big. Um, artificial intelligence, you know, at least patenting um, blockchain systems. I've been able to patent some blockchain technologies. Um, so I was watching 60 Minutes last night, and they were talking about that, and they had a whole segment in series on that. What's that mean? What's that all about? So blockchain, um, it, it's basically a, a computerized system that. Um, allows you to ins in, to insert certain information or input, and it gets um, bounced around from one computer to the other so quickly and so often that you're able to establish a solid trail of of accurate information, and it prevents you know um, fraudulent information or it prevents it from being tampered with. So, blockchain is an awesome way, and and I really don't know that much of, of, about um, cryptocurrencies, but Cryptocurrencies also rely on, on blockchain because you want to ensure that whatever information exists on the World Wide Web is accurate and it hasn't been tampered with and blockchain technologies enable that. So through blockchain, inventors have come up with different ways to, to um, preserve and save data in a particular way um, at, as, an in, as an intricate part of the invention using blockchain. So. Um, that's something in artificial intelligence, bouncing back to that really is so fascinating because it's cutting, cutting edge technology. And it really keeps me on my, on my toes. Cause I got to learn about it as well as it sure. comes in. So it, that's the, the nice thing I enjoy about, you know, the work that I do constantly well. growing, constantly changing. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. All right. Al, I want to thank you very much for being yeah. here this afternoon. How do I get in touch with you? Tell our audience out there. What's the best way to reach you? Well, um, my law firm is Albert Bordas, PA. So my name, Albert Bordas. And um, yeah, just you can look me up online. Um, I website? Do, yeah, website is um, BordasIPLaw.com. So Bordas IP for intellectual property, law.com. And um, my number is 305-669-9848. That's 305-669-9848. And I know your office is right around the corner from here, but where are you located? It is. I'm right on the corner of US 1 and Sunset um, and right in South Miami. I've been there about 15 years. Um, easy to get to. And yeah. And I know for, from, from experience, if, if you have a call, you call and you speak to Al. Yeah. You know, being the, um, the only attorney at the office, you always have an opportunity to speak with me if I'm available. And I usually make myself available for every single client. And yeah, you know, it, it's a small law firm, you know, so um, you're always going to have that op that opportunity that we could, 
you know, meet or speak in person. Yeah. And, and we do that too. It's really important. We believe that um, bigger is not better. What, what's more important is for you to communicate with your attorney, to speak with your attorney, uh, to find out what's going on with your case. And so we're very proud of that. Um, and we're very proud of our network and members such as Al that are able to provide you with great representation. Um, I want to thank you for being here today. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you all next week on Law Talk.